Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another live edition of Sports Blogger Radio, coming to you live from the surface of the sun. I am your host, John Leary, and with me is always Scott Sharknado Blooney. Hey, Sharknado is a great movie. That movie was terrible. No, Today we're going to be talking about the Boston Red Sox first half. Um, well, I don't know why that sounded like I was asking a question. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're also going to be talking about why we don't like the Pro Bowls, the All-Stars, All-Star Games, why we think they're a, you know, a waste it's of time. It's a waste of time. Um, we're going to be talking about the ESPN SB Awards last night. And from there on, we're going to you know, open it up to the listeners. They can call in if they'd like. And, of course, the most popular segment anybody's ever done on this show. Ever. ever. Oh, no, on this show, <laughs> Ass Hat of the Week. Scott, how's life treating you, my friend? What's up, man? Well, uh, for those of you who don't know, I work a real job, sort of. Yeah. Um, no, not a real job, but that's I, I, okay. I work. I mean, it's an internship. I'm a college kid. Uh, you know, it's an internship. Um, I work about an hour and a half away from my house, and uh, I'm feeling kind of frustrated today because it took me three hours to get home through Boston because little known fact about Boston, at any given time, every single left or right lane is closed. So it's always really congested. So, with that being said, if, uh, if we seem a little off tonight, you know why. We didn't really have a whole lot of time to prepare. So we're, we're going to do our best and, uh, you know, hopefully give you an entertaining show. <laughs> I mean, we always do. We always well, do. You know, the only way we know how, basically. Yeah, so, actually, also, also other little-known sports blog of trivia. Um, and I'm going, I'm going back to last year. Um, for those of you who are just starting to listen to the show or have been listening and uh, kind of don't really don't really know us that well, um, the whole sports blogger thing it happened last summer, about a year ago from now. Um, yeah, yes, the infamous duo was born. Was yeah, about to say. So, yeah. so John, John, I, I noticed him on Twitter and he was looking for bloggers or I don't know, maybe I asked him, "Yo, do you need a blogger?" And yeah, um, well, yeah, it started out basically. We're going to give you a little background, seeing as if uh, you know, kind of. So people can understand us on maybe on a personal level. Um, so sports blogger started out in April of 2011 as a, you know, just as a little hobby of mine that I decided to go ahead and do. Everybody was telling me, hey, why don't you write, you know, articles because you, you always talk sports and stuff. Now, I technically don't have any background in this business, but. Not as do most sports bloggers. Be perfectly honest with you. Well, you know, <laughs> you, you take a passion, you take a passion, you take what you like, and you go ahead and write about it. So yeah. I figured, hey, what the heck, I can do that. So you know, I went ahead and did it. I had a couple friends join me on there. Unfortunately, they couldn't, you know, do it as much as they would like. So you know, the busy lives. So my search started, and I went around, and started asking, you know, shooting things on, you know, Twitter, and lo and behold. Uh, my co-host here, Scott Blooney, got back to me, and he says, he says, I'm a college student, as he likes to say on this show many times, and I'm looking to write for a blog as extra credit. So I said, send me a piece. He sent me this really bad piece, and I liked it anyway. Oh, that's bull. I sent you a piece. <laughs> well, what did I send you? I sent you something about, um, I think our uh, first post was about, about that, that tight end. Uh yeah, your first your first post was about Jake Ballard actually. Yeah, how, about how pissed uh, Coughlin was about that. Yes, and how and Bill Belichick stole. So that was it was actually a really good article. Yeah, it that was there. a good article. Damn I right. I know. So it was a really good article, and thus the rest was history. Um, we ended up getting a wonderful opportunity with uh, Jonathan Bragus, our uh, I'd like to say mentor, if you like, uh, and he so gave us. Yes, he's our only one to our 
or Luke, and uh, gave us a shot, and here we are. So that's a quick background on what we're what we're kind of about, you know. Last last weekend was the first time that me and John actually met and sat down and enjoyed it, like had a beer and and, and talked, and it was pretty cool. So um, yeah, yeah, it's it's cool to see how you know all the aspiring like sports bloggers and stuff like that internet like twitter is a pretty cool tool facebook's a pretty cool tool and it brings people together me and john are real close friends now um yes, yes he's experienced my entire uh family in all their glory oh yeah it was awesome uh, we had jello shots it was a great time <laughs> <laughs> yes we had a great time so but yeah. anyway so, yes, now now that we've gone now you know us now we're now we're your friends. All right, <laughs> listen to us every week now because you love yes, us. Do it, yes. Um, all right. So the first half of the Red Sox season, obviously, was completely um, a surprise. Uh, they completely surpassed anything I thought they were going to do so far. You know, were they nineteen nineteen games um, in total first? I think I want to say I'm not 100% sure, but I mean they're, they're putting on a show right now, and uh, man, it, it's looking pretty good. What do you think? I mean they have the best record in baseball right now, and I don't think that we were talking about this. We we keep on harping back to this that like we never thought, you know, with the whole Valentine uh, fiasco last year, and no. then coming into this year, you know, without um, you know some of our big guns. Uh, I guess Crawford was never a big gun, but without uh, Adrian Gonzalez, people were kind of skeptical about, and you know, Jacoby Ellsbury's health in question and a lot of stuff in question. People were skeptical about, you know, how they're going to perform this year. And we were, I was just like, I think they'll, I think they'll be around 500. Like, well, that's, I mean, I, I think I went on record at some point in stating that, you know, I see him at like an 80, an 80 game team you know, but around 500. And I, I thought, uh, and, and, and like I said, this is only the, uh, this is only the first half. So I, I expected, you know, Baltimore and Toronto to be um, lightening up the scoreboards and stuff. But in oh, actuality, everyone thought, everyone thought that. Yeah. And, that, and in actuality, they, you know, boy, I mean, they, the Red Sox are just playing. They're, they're playing like a team that has a mission. And I like that. They're, they're a very, very likable team. You can definitely get behind these guys. You know, they did. I mean, and I've said it. I said it a thousand times. They really, really do remind me of the 2004 uh, Boston Red Sox. A lot of characters. You can tell that the chemistry. I feel like, I don't know what it was. I was so so excited about Bobby Valentine being signed. But it seems like he kind of uh, inhibited or, uh, like, stopped. I think he set the president. Uh, he, set, he set the table at, uh, this is everything we're not going to be. But I think, that, I think that disabled some of the team chemistry that's happening now. I think that I 100% you see what the difference is. It's in the manager position. John Farrell, like, bravo, dude. Like, you yeah, have, absolutely. Your, your team has the best record in baseball and has silenced, like, every skeptic of you. And they have, you know, they have a 31-16 home record, which is, like, I, I think that's the best in the MLB right now. And their record is, you know, they're 58-39. and 39. They have a – Basically, well, 60% winning, winning percentage. They're right. playing phenomenal baseball right now. They are. They are. I think if, if you really honestly, if you kind of want to go back into the history, um, just in the past couple of years, the Boston Red Sox had a similar record in 2006 with Ter uh, Tito Francona and ended up blowing it. And I, I don't know if you remember that, Scott, but they ended up blowing They had like a 20-game um like a twenty game lead, basically. It was it was it was pretty close. I mean, what are they on? Like nineteen I keep thinking nineteen, I don't know why. Um but either either way, it doesn't really matter. But they had a similar record in two thousand six and they were really looking good. Um and of course they, they blew it come, you know, September. Um but you know, you have you know, you got a couple guys on this lineup that are are playing really, really well. I mean, Dustin Pedroia is obviously, you know, he he's he's been probably the most consistent player since he's been here. Um, yeah, I agree with you on that one. Consistency is he's definitely very, very consistent. He he's always he's always around the same marks that he is every year. He might be a little less in the home run department this year, but you and, know, and he's always he's always um his biggest critic critic is himself. He doesn't blame anyone else for his, his trouble. Well, yeah, exactly. And he, 
And he's I, a self, like I said, self-motivated guy. He's, good. he's, he's a very self-motivated player. guy. I mean, he, he's already won a he's already won a World Series, but that that is yet to stop him. He wants to win more and more. And I like that. That's exactly what this team needs: is someone to be like, no, that's not good enough. You know, drive harder. Um, you know, there's it, a couple surprisingly surprising names on here that I'd like to bring out to you, and probably the first one, John Lackey. Yeah, <laughs> very. I mean, he's he's he hasn't given up more than two runs in his past like six or seven starts. I want to say, and you can't. I mean, wow. He reminds me of the 2005 John Lackey. You know, when he was dominating um, on the you know the western half. You know what I mean? And I I like it. And I stated, I did state this at the beginning of the year that I thought John Lackey was going to be the one to make a break. You know, he was, he had a lot to prove this year and so far so good. I mean, he's coming off a couple surgeries, had a couple injuries, but it seems like he finally kind of got things together. I, I, I like it. Um, maybe, maybe for the first time in his Red Sox career, he's actually starting to earn the money that he was given. I know. I just want to go on John Lackey. I just want to read a couple stats that I, I have right here. Um, John Lackey is getting a higher percentage of swings and misses, 9.7%, than any season since 2005, which was 10.6%. According to, ba- to BrooksBaseball.net, <clears throat> the average velocity of his four-seam is 93.37 miles an hour in the month of July. And wow. that, you know... He's That's only, pretty good for an older, older he guy. He only exceeded that average velocity once since the start of the 2007 season. So he's playing, like you said, like he like he played 2005. Right. Um, now, now, I don't know, um, and maybe the listeners can correct me on this, but I, I believe in 2007, that's the year he won MVP. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I, like I said, I might be wrong. I might, I might be right. I have no idea. Like I said, if, if listeners out there, if you know, let us know. Um, a couple of other guys, I mean – Joe, uh, Jared Saltamakia, you know, on, um, oh, salty, salty, the good, the salty kid. Uh, he's got an on base percentage slugging of, you know, point eight, uh, 806. He's, he's really opening some eyes. He finally, you know, after getting over his, you know, I can't throw to home, uh, to the pitcher's mound. <laughs> uh, you know, psyche. Once he got past that, he's, he's a really solid, catcher yeah and you know, it, it's hard to find this is a league i'm sorry this is a league where yeah. there's not a lot of offensive minded catchers i mean you yeah, got I, joe you got joe mauer and that's like that's I about mean, it man that's about it i mean what's he, that guy up in san francisco what's his name um, um you know he's he's a guy too he's good um that catcher i forget his yeah. name off the top of my head but um yeah i should know that <laughs> but that's, anyway that's all right. that's all right. but anyway yeah jared saltamakia uh ranks second uh in Slugging percentage, like you said, OPS, uh, just after Joe Maurer. So, Saltamakia playing, you know, second to Joe Maurer, that's real impressive. People, he's underrated right now. Oh, absolutely. And so, that's, I, I mean, I, listen, I don't mind the fact that he's underrated because that just makes it, you know, that makes it better for us because, you know what I mean? Like, when, you, when you're an underrated player like that, you just, you tend to play harder. Yeah, you know, you know? He's, he's really – I think that – you know, I think we saw glimpses of it last season. I think we saw glimpses of how good he could be because he was coming up clutch at a lot of – like, I remember that one time. Didn't he hit, like, two or three, like, walk-ups in a matter of, like, two weeks or something like that? Like, yeah, there, yeah. There was it's, one crazy week for him, and you just yeah. saw how he could be a clutch hitter. And well, that's the thing. I mean, uh, you know, Salty, he's got this – he's got this thing where he um, – the, uh, Theo Epstein – he always wanted Saltamakia. He, he, you know, constantly looking the way to try to get him. And finally, when they did, um, you know, a lot of people were, were very like, "Why are you signing this guy? This guy's a head case. You know, he, he can't throw the can't throw the pitches on this and that." But now you see the reason why. You see the reason why this guy is, you know, uh, basically our, you know, our top catcher. He, he he calls a pretty good game. I wouldn't say he's on the Jason Veritek level, but he calls a pretty good game. Um, and you know, when he hits, you, he could show you the power that he has. So he's, he's definitely, he's definitely turning some heads and, I, and that's, that's a good thing. Um, 
Uh, one, yeah, he, I mean, Saltenbachia, Lackey, and and one other guy I'd like, I'd like to talk about before we start talking about um what what we haven't like our red flags sure. is Jacoby Ellsbury. And he started off real slow. Through his first 44 games, he had a 241 a- like aver- uh, average, you know, a 303 on base percentage. His slugging wasn't very good. Right. Um, you know, since then, in his last 44 games, he's got a 371 average and scored yeah. 35 runs, stolen 23 bases on 24 attempts. How is this guy? Here's my question. How is this guy not an all-star? You know what I mean? And, and no, I think it's because it was a little bit inconsistent, but something has definitely turned on, and you know he's got the, he's got first of all he's got nasty legs. Um, he, well, yeah, I mean he is. Oh God, I want to say what year? Yeah, 2010. Him and uh, Kyle Crawford were going back and forth for the most uh, stolen bases in, in the American League, and I believe actually Jacoby Arizberry ended up pulling it out and, and taking it by like two bases or something like that. But you know the thing. The thing I, the thing I noticed with Jacoby Ellsbury, and, and you know, most people would probably say, "Hey, that's kind of a promising sign, this and that." And I mean, he is on a twenty-something uh, game hit streak, I believe. Um, the thing I don't really like about it is he's going to be a free agent, and he's clearly playing for a contract, which he will deserve. But he's not going to deserve the money that some teams going to give him. He's, uh, I'm so I'm sorry, you know, Pink Cat Nation out there. He will not be a Boston Red Sox next year. He will be on some other team. Some team's going to pay him some ridiculous contract. I So I actually look at this as being a negative as opposed to a positive, even though he's helping the team win. If he can win a championship this year and he helps, I mean, I'm already thinking World Series right now because Sox looking like they want to win. Looking real good right now. You heard it first, people. You're saying that. Well, I'm just <laughs> saying, I'm saying we can make it's, – it's, you know, after last season, just dealing with the the constant Valentine press headache, it's yeah. nice to see they're not they're not like we haven't talked about them in so long because they're not they're doing everything they're supposed to do. They're winning. They're they're not being idiots. Uh, they're not <laughs> e- eating chicken and drinking beer in the whatever. So you know, it's, yeah. it's good. It's right, good that right. they're they're playing well. Some of the red flags that I've been I've been seeing is uh let's start with uh start with buckles um. You know, yeah, this, he, we thought we were talking about Cy Young. Thought, yeah, we were talking about Cy Young at the beginning of this season, um, and I believe he still has a like was a six and zero record or something like that. But I mean, if you look at tonight as being kind of an example of what we're talking about, Clay Buckle, he hasn't he hasn't thrown a pitch uh, in a, in a game since June eighth. Um, it is now he's June nine, 18th. He's nine and zero. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's nine and zero. Exactly my point. You know, uh, it's now June 18th, excuse me, July 18th, and um, you know he just he was gonna he was gonna try to pitch tonight, and they sat him down because of his shoulder being tight or something like that. Uh, that, I mean, to me, that states your shoulder's tight because you haven't been doing your your exercises, you haven't been you know throwing bullpen things, you know, sessions. You know, if your shoulder's starting to tight up, then we have a problem here. Yeah, Clay um, Buckles has only thrown 12 innings since May 22nd. Yes, exactly. Like road to recovery, maybe, but we've heard that before. Like, right, and I mean, he is—he's totally gone gone on record and stated that you know he wants to, um, you know, he wants to come back 100%. He wants to, you know, be there for the guys in September and stuff like that. And I and I I get that, I respect that, but you know what, man, you're supposed to be an ace. Get on the mound and start acting like it. If you have to play through a couple injuries, you know, come on, time to buck up, buddy. You know, I mean, you have—I still believe you have Dustin Bajori playing with a broken finger. He's been dealing with it since the beginning of the year, and he still goes out every game. Why can't you? You know, that's just—that's just me throwing me stating that out there. I don't, you know, other people might disagree. And he is a pitcher, so his arms are everything, and I get that. But you know. Come on, on with it. <laughs> Mike, um, Mike Napoli, over the last two months since May 15th, Mike Napoli has had the lowest slugging percentage, 380, of any Sox player with at least 40 plate appearances. Yeah. He's had four home runs since then, but he had seven home home runs yeah, well, while slugging 523 in the games in the team's first 39 games. So you can yeah. see there's a stark contrast there. There is, but you know what, though? 
I mean, it is becoming the middle of the season, and Mike Napoli's always been the type of player to kind of cool off when the all-star break came around and stuff. So this is just the way he is. Um, I don't think it's, a, I don't think uh, any, any less of them. I don't think that he's going to uh, shrivel up and, and not be able to hit the ball anymore because this guy, you know, it, uh, willing that they get into the playoffs, Mike Napoli is going to be a beast. He always is a beast in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many times when he was on uh, the Angels, he he would Rangers. Well, he I believe he played with the Angels for a while, didn't he? Oh, maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, he used to smoke the ball a lot. So you know, of course, you're right. When he was on the Rangers, he did the same as well, and the he Rangers kept doing the beast. Butt. What's that? I remember I had I had him on my fantasy team when he was on the Rangers, and he was a beast. That's all. Yeah, he was, and that's the thing. Like, I don't I don't expect him to stay in this little bit of a slump that he's in right now. I mean, three three eighty isn't too too bad. I mean, it's not great. But, not great. But you know, for, mean, for a guy who should be you know hitting the long ball pretty good, not great. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then Koji Uhara, uh, yeah, he he has been. Like, he was a, an all-star write-in candidate. Like, he's th- first of all, though, just to set the record straight with Kuji Uhara, um, I hope I'm not butchering his last name. I can never pronounce it. Um, uh, you probably are, but that's just the way we are. <laughs> um, he's 38 years old. People don't realize that. You know, he's got a one, 1.7 ERA with eight saves, uh, 60 strikeouts. He's got a .76 walks and hits per innings pitch. Right. He's already made more appearances and pitched more innings than he did last year the whole season for Texas. No, well, not to not to mention that he his his natural position is not a closer. Oh yeah, he's you know he got put in he got put into a closer role uh, because our two closers that we had had uh, you know couldn't couldn't cut couldn't cut it. Hanrahan was a bust. Hanrahan, the thing he started out so strong, he was so promising, and you know he he was bust. Um, you know, granted, I know, I get it, injuries happen, stuff like that, but... Uh, maybe next year he'll make the lackey return. Maybe. Who knows? I mean, I, I I have a lot of... I mean, I had a lot of faith in that guy coming in to the season. I expected him to be a lot better than what he was. Um, and then, of course, you have... Um, oh, what the heck is his name? I, say, I can't remember his name because he was always on the DL. Um, Seves? No, not Seves. Uh, he sucked. Oh, uh, what's his name? The younger guy. Andrew Bailey. Yeah, he is. Andrew Bailey. Yeah, yes. don't and, please no don't no more Andrew Bailey. I'm done with that guy. I've been done with him for a while. Oh my you know, goodness, Chris, he, that guy's a freaking head case. We're gonna talk about head cases. That's a great place to start. I mean, he can't. Well, he can't stay healthy. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. He also all. can't. He breaks down so easy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what are you gonna do? Well, I mean, this. I like to okay. Another guy that we're looking at is Jose Iglesias. Now, I don't agree with this being on, a, you know, him being on the uh, on the red flag list only because he is still kind of a rookie. Um, Not only that, but no one expected that. From, no one expected his like 400 average. Yeah, I mean the whole season. Like well, that's it. You you had a guy that was uh, coming into, you know, coming into Boston basically that couldn't hit major league hitting uh, pitching. Excuse me. And, but he did. But he did exactly. So, anything you get from him is pretty much a win-win. I not I say. I I see that. I agree with you. I do. You know. I mean, thing is, plus the um, you know, with Will Middlebrooks being out and everything like that. I mean, yeah. I mean, Jose Iglesias. You know, obviously he's playing shortstop for uh, Stephen Drew, uh, who you know, he's also kind of a bust, but. You know that guy. I mean, he's he's in the Drew family, so you know he's going to have some sort of injury problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't think that Jose Iglesias is that big of a, a bust or on the decline. I mean, he is. He's. I mean, the fact that we got so much from him is more than we bargained for, and anything Absolutely. else is just you know it's great. Absolutely, I fully agree. Fully agree. But, uh, you know, at least, you know, and then we got Big Poppy and Dustin Pedroia and Clay Buckles, who is a, an all-star, but not really an all-star, um, you know, and I don't know about you. I didn't even watch the all-star game. I watched some of the home run uh, derby. I didn't watch any of the all-star game. Did you? Well, no, see, here's the thing. I 
and I'll, I'll state this for all the uh, all-star Pro Bowls or whatever. To me, I the only things that interest me are the you know the home run derby, the NBA skills competition, the dunk contest, the um, you know the NHL skills competition. Uh, not a single thing interests me in the Pro Bowl. I don't. I could care less about any of that stuff that goes on. They usually put it on. They tried to put it on before the Super Bowl to try to catch people, and it's it's got even worse ratings than it did before. Um, oh yeah, I, you funny. Know, it, I was looking this up. the The All Star Game uh, got it tied a record low for last year's MLB ratings in terms of TV ratings. It just no right. one no one cares because it doesn't mean anything. Like it doesn't mean anything. I mean, the, what they say, oh well, you know, it just means home field advantage for the you know American League or the National League. But you know what? What does that matter? You're going to end up playing. You're going to play the, the stadiums anyways. You know what I mean? Like. This year, there's there's about there's probably about one thing from this year's All Star that I will take away that I you know I had a lot of respect for, and that was basically oh uh, yeah Mariano Rivera. How come I can never say his last name? Rivera, right? Rivera, Rivera. Yeah. Uh, he's I mean he's 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 going to be retiring this he's year. He's a class act. He's a class act, and you know. Pretty much everybody in that stadium gave him a standing O, and he's well-deserved. He got the MVP. That, to me, states ultimate class from everybody across the board. He's well-deserving of that. But would it take me to tune in to see that? No. I can watch the highlights. So for you, if you if you were, were a commissioner and you're saying, how can I get people interested in, in All-Star Games again, what yeah. would you do? Well, I mean, first of all, this there's too many there's too many games there's too many players um i honestly feel that if they really wanted to do it then you take the best player you know best all-around player from each team and you put them in and that's about it like you let them play the game if that's what they want to do and it's no it's no like it's no like shuffling and people don't play and people you know right i mean like to me Look, what what would be the point of getting you know selected for the All Star game and you don't play a single inning or down or anything like that? You're just there. Now, some people some people that actually go to these events maybe paying to see that particular player and they don't get to see that particular player play. And I think that's just a I think that's a waste. You, you know, know what? You know what I do? You know NHL twenty four seven? Absolutely. I would mic up a bunch of players. I put GoPros on players. I'd make it all like web based, and I'd be able you can you can see Fan interactive. You can hear what your what your players want to say. It's a game that doesn't really matter. I mean, home field advantage. All right, maybe maybe home ice advantage matters in the playoffs. Maybe in hockey and basketball or home it's, court well, advantage. That's the thing. I mean, it doesn't. Not hockey, not baseball though. No, not in baseball. The thing in hockey doesn't make much sense either because it goes to the the team that has the best record out of the two. So, yeah, it's, it's it's dumb, but you know, just I think that you know something that the NHL has been doing for a little while that I like is that like with the well besides the NHL twenty four seven, which is an HBO show, it's like paper, it's not pay per view, it's an HBO show, and you know you watch it and it's like a kind of there's there's no filter, you hear everyone like cussing around, you you hear fights, you hear players are mic'd up all the time. Well, yeah, um, you, you hear it like it, the sports yeah. first to be heard. And and I think that if you if you change the All Star game from a pretty meaningless you know BS game to like hey this is we're gonna be airing the All Star game you know it's gonna be um for mature like maybe for mature audiences or I don't know how they're gonna do it but we're gonna mic up a bunch of our players we're gonna hear them talking to the coaches other players you're gonna hear the the game and maybe you can choose online what who which player you're following around because. You know, as of right now, I have no interest in watching All-Star games because, like, half of them don't – I mean, n- none of them mean anything. The NFL All-Star game doesn't mean jack crap. You know, it's right before the Super Bowl. People don't even – like, most of the players don't even play in it that are drafted or right. are well, honored. I mean, like, see, I, I've always had – I mean, this kind of goes to the whole, um, you know, MLB All-Star. Like, why can't they do some sort of, like, winter classic type of that'd style? Be cool. that'd be you know, cool. like, I mean, team – like. Granted, I know that you know every every stadium puts a bid in for them to you know for the All Star to be hosted at their thing. But how about you take kind of like the original 
kind of like what they do, like I said, in the NHL, where they take, you know, original six teams and, you know, kind of mix it up with other teams and they make it like an event and it's like special. And why can't they do that with baseball? Why can't they take, you know. Well, I don't, dude, you're asking me. You should be talking to the commissioners. I think that right now just it's it's meaningless. I mean, you see at the ratings, you know, when you're competing with ratings with whose line is it anyway? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, and, and that's, like, honestly, people, two, 2.9 million viewers watched Whose Line Is It Anyway the same night as the MLB All-Star Game because no one gives a crap. And that's the thing. I mean, you can't, you can't. Uh, it's like, you know. You can't, uh, you know, commercialize it any more than you already have. It's obviously not working. It's obviously not bringing in any type of extra audiences. I mean, especially, I think the biggest thing is, is you have a lot of interleague play now. And the interleague play brings brings a lot of players that you wouldn't normally see to your stadium. You know, every couple of years you get a different team, and you you know, hey, I get to see Tim Lincecum today. You know, I, I I'm just stoked about that. It's you know, back in the day, the All Star game was so you know you would go there so you could see a player that you liked but never really got a chance to see. It's not like that anymore. So so here's something I just pulled up when we we're talking about this. It's it's from NBCSports.com. The title is NFL considers making the Pro Bowl "quote unquote" more like a game show. What? So they're trying to consider elements that would make the game more like a game show. They're going to have incentives paid out during the game. They're going to like give away stuff. I guess they're going to make it so every minute of the game they have there's some sort of well, see, uh, no, engaging. Okay. So so okay so the, that, so that makes sense because you're 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 interacting with fans and if fans want like swag or they want to win a chance to win something, they're going to tune in. I mean, who the heck doesn't want to win something, you know? And you know what, if you're, if you're, if you're making, you know, players, the incentive to play on the pro Bowl team, if you're making it like they're talking about how there's a $25,000 winning incentive, but they're making it like 50,000 now that might, you know, inspire the players to actually play with some, you know, some inspiration. I mean, well, I mean, if you look at the Pro Bowl, like what what are the uh, what are the scores? Or like like seventy to like sixty, all that, you know what I mean? Like I'm just saying, so, so you you're getting, so I'm just saying because in the past five years, like what memorable, like what all star moments have been memorable to memorable to you? The only one that that I can think of, excuse me, was Phil Kessel getting chosen last and getting the car. <laughs> uh, that's the only one I could. <laughs> Because the NHL just started doing they, – they don't do East-West. They do draft now. They so do draft, yeah. And you can pick captains, the, and they just draft, you know. Right, right, exactly. And it's generally – the two captains are generally the captains from the um, – uh, Like one yeah, year it was like the Dan O'Chara and the other – and it was uh, – Yeah, and it was – or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, they, they were the Stanley Cup final teams. That's why. They usually, you know, they carry over for the next year. I believe this upcoming year you'll see Taze and you'll see uh, Dan O'Chara – you know, doing the draft, um, which is cool. You know, I do. Like I said, it, it kind of – It makes it – because, I mean, I play NHL, and the most of the time I'm just drafting fantasy teams and seeing how unfair I can make the game, so I win. Um, <laughs> and Because, you know, it's awesome. Uh, but, yeah, I, that's that's kind of interesting to see a draft and to see emotion on players' faces and to see how they react to certain drafts. I don't know. But, mm-hmm. like, the way that the All-Star games, like, you know, home run derby, okay, fine, I'll watch that. And I'll watch the Nathan's, uh the, the hot dog eating contest because that's – so cool um but it is like that that dude i forget what his name i think his name is uh what's his name like joe or something like that i have no idea i don't that's that guy like puts down 60 hot dogs joey chestnut that's the guy puts down like 60 hot dogs it's ridiculous so gross but that's why i look forward to the mlb all-star game i I look forward to the the hot dog game contest it's just all-star games in general just need a, a major reboot absolutely i do agree with that i mean uh yeah, across the board. Um, all right. Yes. The ESPN SB Awards were last night. And I'll give you a hint about who won everything. Can I can I just say that uh, ESPN, get off LeBron. Just get off him. That's all I'm saying. Like, Wait, so, so best male athlete goes to LeBron James. Best championship performance goes to LeBron James. Uh, best team goes to Miami Heat. Uh, or else LeBron James, best NBA player, LeBron James, you know, it's, what is that? That's three right there or four he, that four. he's involved in. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like, I, I mean, it, it, I get it. The, you know, LeBron James, he's a great basketball player, you know, <laughs> all right, enough. I mean, how many more times can you, uh, you know, can you but say best, this guy's name? Best male athlete. 
Who? Okay, tell me, tell me who were the nominations? All right, hold on, I got you right here. Best male athlete: Miguel Cabrera, Detroit Tigers. Yep. Um, Adrian Peterson. I would have voted Adrian Peterson over or or Michael Phelps. We'll just who who else is there? Miguel Cabrera, LeBron James, Adrian Peterson, Michael Phelps. I mean, it's it's a clear cut, and Michael Phelps. I mean, he's all, you know, guys, guys one, star four, one four goals, two silvers. Uh, you know, he's he's the first man to win the same individual swimming event in three straight Olympics. Uh, Adrian Peterson, he rushed for over two thousand yards, second most in league. He rushed for excuse me, two thousand ninety-seven yards, second right. most in league history. Averaged six yards per carry, had three thirteen touchdowns, and caught forty passes. Like. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's ex- pretty in- incredible. Exactly. Um, but Phil Cabrera and, and, was the first first player to win the triple crown in baseball since 1967. When who? Uh, Carl. Cabrera. No, but you know the last one was to do it was a was Yaz, right? That was way before I was born. I have no idea. Oh jeez. All right. Well, hey, we got a phone call, so we're gonna go ahead and answer that. <laughs> All right. All right. Hello, you're on Sports Blogger Radio. Hello. Okay. All right. I guess he's not on Sports Blogger Radio. All no, right. he's not. He he thought he was, but he, uh, he was he was mistaken. Maybe he'll, uh, maybe he'll call back. We he'll, never know. Yeah, call back. <laughs> or try to call back. Try to call back. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, Adrian Peterson. You know, he he also came off ACL an ACL injury too. You know, so he's yeah. Derek Rose, take notice, dude. Yeah. God. All <laughs> right, and then so so that was I just. My first impression was just seeing LeBron up there with his stupid hipster glasses. I mean, I already hate LeBron enough being a Celtics fan. Um, but just seeing him, like, literally win everything and everything. Um, oh, he's, he's calling back. All right. Let's see if it works this time. All right. Hello. You're on Sports Blogger Radio. Hey, guys. Sorry. Something happened to my phone on that one. I don't really know what happened. Sorry about that. No worries. Um, yeah, I had to talk about the ESPYs and how horrific that was. It was just so unfunny. I usually look for the ESPYs to be funny, but I just thought that was that was awful. The Jay Z thing was 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 awful, and there were a couple other things. And the whole LeBron I mean, Miami Heat thing was just ridiculous. I couldn't. Yeah, that. absolutely, absolutely. It's 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 completely ridiculous to me because they they focus so much on the their breadwinners. The, the you know. And how many more times are you going to hear LeBron James in Miami Heat? How many more times are you going to hear about, you know, God, I don't even know. I mean, I, I don't really hear him talking you know about what? too much You other know what? Things. And I want to just say, John Hamm is not funny. John Hamm oh, no. was decidedly yeah. not funny. And it was like, I don't know, it was kind of like watching a train crash in slow motion because, like, I, I saw what were supposed to be jokes, and they weren't jokes. No. It was, it was, it was, it was actually kind of awkward to be watching. What's that? Did you see the Putin thing when they made fun of uh, Vladimir Putin and stealing Robert Kraft's uh, Super Bowl ring? No, but I wish no. I did. Actually, we were John and I were actually oh, watching it bomb. together. Um, but no, we watched it for about what, like fifteen minutes? I I wouldn't. I don't even. I, yeah, worst fifteen minutes. I would actually watch Sharknado all over again. Rather, <laughs> I watched. I watched There was nothing on last night. <laughs> no. Sharknado, just, dude. If you go into if you go into on demand, watch Sharknado. It's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. I'm not really big into the whole flying sharks. So, I mean, that's I, not I, really I, tell you, I tell you what, man, uh, neither am I. And it's definitely an experience. You'll have to watch it just because it's the most ridiculous thing you have ever seen in your it's entire life. It's better than the ESPYs. It's, it's more funny than the ESPYs. It's <laughs> the, way more the whole worst part, of the, worst part of the ESPYs was when LeBron gave Ray Allen this weird little handshake that just made me sick. Made me want yes. to throw up in my mouth. Couldn't believe it. it I just couldn't believe they're actually that big of boys. It, it just shocks me that Ray Allen would go that far, but you know, whatever. It's 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 an absolute disgrace to all of us Celtics fans, man. Straight up. Yeah, that, Rondo. that's and Rondo's not going there. Yeah, Rondo. I love him. You heard what he said, John. He said, "I will never play for the Heat." Good for him. Like he he yeah. just and you know that you know that him and Ray Allen had differences. They that's part of the reason why Ray Allen supposedly the reason why Ray Allen left because he was you know bumping heads with Rajon Rondo, and you can Absolutely. clearly see where Rondo's devotion lies. So, let me, real quick, is this Andrew, by the way? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Andrew, right. what's going on, dude? Hey, man, how you doing? Oh, um, I'm doing well. Let me ask you something real quick, just because it's, um, you know, it happened today. How, how did you feel seeing Paul Pierce hold up that Brooklyn Nets jersey, man? 
broke my heart. Me and my little right. brother were watching the whole press conference just sitting there like, it's really over, you know, the end of an era, the end of one yeah. of the, you know, the most popular eras in Celtics history, just just crazy. I couldn't believe it. Today was like, you know, the final realization that. I mean, seriously, I, I, I was, you know, I was obviously at work, so I couldn't remember actually watching. But watching the highlights and seeing Paul Pierce actually talk about his time, you know, being over with the Celtics, you could tell how emotional he was. He really, he really did not want to go. You could really tell. Was, the funniest thing was how they said, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce said about four times that, you know, I would have loved to retire in Boston. Every time I heard that, it hurt more. Like, oh, you know what? These yeah. guys really wanted to be here, but they didn't, you know, we're trying to rebuild. They're trying to make a new team, trying to be better. You know, I agree with you your decision, but. You can't blame the Celtics for making the move that they did. At no. the same time, it sucks that they had to make that decision. Well, that's it. I mean, you had you had your longtime franchise player and your other, you know, franchise player basically, and they they would have bleed they would have bled green, man. And it's but like you know, like they said, and like a lot of us said, you know, Scott and I, we talked about it. It it it, it was it was it was time. It needed to happen. Um, it's sad, but. I would much rather see Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett go to a team that they could possibly win maybe another championship with than stick with a team that's trying to rebuild. That's that's just my opinion. I, I do want to no, say there was one thing I really loved. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't even deal with the I, – because I just pulled up a picture of them holding up their, their Nets jerseys. By the way, when those three guys, you know, including Chris Humphreys, were holding up their Celtics jerseys, that was miserable. You know, they couldn't even <laughs> yeah. they couldn't even fake a smile. You know, it's yeah. ridiculous these guys. But whatever, the, the draft picks is where the the real money is. But yeah. I just want to say one thing about the ESPYS while we're still on it. There was one really good part of the ESPYS that I enjoyed watching. Yeah, that was the Jack Hoffman when he got best moment. First of all, that kid was terrified, and I and I don't blame him because he's in front of like all of his heroes. He's in front of like you know he was taking pictures of Johnny Manziel before the uh, you know the awards. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he was yeah. a uh, seven-year-old. He is a seven-year-old diehard Cornhusker fan, uh, Nebraska football, and he's uh, battling brain cancer. And uh, he, he, I don't know how this happened exactly, but he was invited to participate in the Husker spring game, and he ran for a really long touchdown. And all the players, you know, they gave him his blocks, and he ran it in for the fourth quarter, yeah, and he's yeah, up yeah. on the quarterback's shoulders, and it was like. Oh man, awesome feel good moment and like he won last night and it was yeah, that it was, was really cool. That was that was good. That was yeah. very good. One of those uh, moments that transcends sports. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. I totally agree. Well, all right, that Andrew, Robert Roberts thing was awesome. So. Yeah. That was yeah. Good. All right, Andrew. Thank you so much for calling in, buddy. Doing That's a good job, by the way. Thanks for all the posts. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Later, bud. All right. Take it. That kid's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, a, he's a one of our new contributors. Yeah, the way. So when you Andrew Walden, man. Read, yeah. uh, read his post. The kid knows his stuff, so he's got he's got some good stuff going on. Um, yeah, man, SBs. SBs, I mean, I mean, basically what I got out of it is that everyone loves LeBron James. Yeah. Um, for some yeah. reason, Sidney Crosby got best hockey player. I don't agree with that at all. Um, um, not this year, at least. No, he got it. No, I'm saying like I don't. Agree oh, with not this not year. this year. Yeah, um, you know, he only played 36 games for for one, and you know, I would have, and and Henrik Lundqvist being on there, and the fact that he didn't even win the Vesna, it shows how little ESPN cares about hockey. I mean, well, that, hockey. oh God, don't even get me started. They are just, you know, if it wasn't for Barry Merlo's, uh, Merlo's, Merlo's oh my God, I love that guy. He's that amazing. that that mullet. That's what I two. imagine. If I had to imagine what Rear Admiral looks like, I imagine Barry Melrose or something that's <laughs> like Barry Melrose esque. And I hope that he like listens to this. I'm sure he's not, but if he's listening to this, I hope he hears it because you, sir, when you talk, you just remind me of Barry Melrose. It's incredible. Because like, he's got the, you know, Barry Melrose has not a Boston accent, but he's like a hard guy. He's like, oh, you know, you know, they're playing this and this. I just, he's, he, Barry Melrose is the man. He's just, he knows what's up. And I, like I said, the way he, his suits are just phenomenal. But if, you if know, I'm gonna give if I'm gonna give best NHL player to anyone, I give it to Martin St. Louis. People don't understand, you know. First of all, he's a UVM alum, you know, alumni, so I gotta give him mad props. Second of all, he led the league in points. He won his second career Art Ross Trophy. He ranked first in assists. He had 43 assists this season. He had 43 assists this season. There were 48 games. He had 60 points. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah exactly. Scored, he had the second most points per game with 1.25 points per game. You know. 
I'm still surprised that the Bruins didn't trade for him. Sidney Crosby had, you know, he was third in the league in points, second in assists, and, you know, when he's got so many weapons around him, I mean, you got Martin St. Louis, you got Steven Stamkos, you got, you know, Sidney Crosby, you got Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, uh, you know, it goes, the list goes on. You have um, right. yeah. Kunich, I mean, that's the Jerome thing. McGinley I mean, for most of the year. That's the thing. I mean, Sidney Crosby, had a, he has a supporting cast around him to make him better. Martin St. Louis has one guy. And and the fact that they didn't even they didn't even have, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky! Um <laughs> the winner of the Vesna this year as the the one goalie on the list. I just like whatever. I I it's you be, you're um, just you're just being a you're just Oh, whatever. this is this is the this is the hockey fan of me just being like, "All right, ESPN like, I watch Sports Center. I know you guys don't play anything about, you know, there's more NASCAR coverage than NHL coverage. Yeah. Um, you there's know, more, there's more. Listen, there's more tennis coverage than there is. That's not uh, to knock those. Two, that's not to knock those sports, but the same. No, we're not knocking sports. These are major it's, sports it's, in major cities. These are. I'm sorry. If uh, I'm pretty sure that most people would choose hockey over watching tennis. Yeah. Especially, you know what I mean. Like, but yet tennis is on. You know, it's Wimbledon and stuff like that. Tennis is on there, and I could care less about it. But that's just that's me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, again, we're talking about meaning a lot of meaningless stuff today. I mean, the it's open for it's open forum, everybody. So bear with us. <laughs> they, they, um, I mean, no, no, I'm just saying. No, we're talking about you know um, all star games and ESPYS. You know, the, if you win an ESPY, it's kind of a meaningless award. Like, who cares? Yeah. You know, you win championships, people care. Right. Right. You know, exactly. you know, whatever. Yeah. All right. That's just my so, opinion. Thirteen minutes left in the show, and it's time for our it's time for our favorite section. Does everybody know what time it is? Hold That's, on, let me get let me get the. Oh, here we go. This week's ass hat of the week, everybody. This is hat of the week is the Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah. yeah. Rolling Stone magazine. You and your editor. And your photographers and your story writing all deserve a big ass hat of the week. Congratulations for being, well, ass hats. Uh, to disrespect the victims, the, uh, the, the, the four people that have passed away because of this, an entire city, because you want to try to explain why a young man who was quote unquote in your words, well liked and turned into a monster. You want to glorify that. I have absolutely one hundred percent zero tolerance for that. It's- you know I I full I, I mean I agree with you. I mean today alone a, a boycott Rolling Stone Facebook page has yeah. over six sixty thousand likes, less yep. than twenty four hours after it was created. Uh, you know, me being one of them. <laughs> I mean, Twitter is blowing up about this. Uh, you know, it's twisted and it's twisted and wrong. If I had to describe it as anything, it's twisted and wrong. And you, uh, not you, Scott, but you, Rolling Stone. <laughs> I was like, what did I do? No, no, Rolling Stone. You listen. You should know better than that. You're a widely known magazine. Um, you have a lot of power in your hands, and the fact that you could. Take a story like this and put it on there is just it's just beyond me. Um, how about if you really want to do a story, how about you talk about the courageous people yes. getting through yes. their injuries? How about you look at the negative and turn it into a, some sort of positive situation like most people are trying to do? Because um, all these crazy people, they're, they're looking for, to make a statement. If you reinforce that and you you make them have a like if if you keep this guy alive in the media for longer than, you know, he should be, you're just, you're, you're letting him take away, you're letting him win more. Like, and he he did, he did a thoughtless act. Um, and his name has been constantly said throughout the media. His face has been plastered all over everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I don't need to know what he looks like. I don't care what he looks like. He did a, Vile act. I would much rather move on with my life, and I know 
well, I can't speak for the victims and stuff, and I'm sure they want some justice and stuff like that, which they are very, you know, they deserve. Um, they, they should, they should honestly, they should not be doing this. I, I can't believe they. He's on the, he's on the damn cover of the magazine. That, uh, I want to, if I may, read the 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 mayor Menino mumbles. He 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 wrote oh, a letter. This is. The, uh, I hope you know. For anybody who didn't actually get a chance to read this, listen to this because this is this is actually really good. It says, "Dear Mr. Wenner, who is he's the publisher of the Rolling Stone. Your August three covers. Your August third cover rewards a terrorist with celebrity treatment. That in itself, this is not what he's saying. That in itself is gross to think about. Exactly." To continue, it is ill-conceived at best and reaffirms the terrible message that destruction gains fame for killers and their, quote, causes. There may be valuable journalism behind your sensationalist treatment, though we can't know because almost all of you released it – because almost all you released is the cover. To respond to you in anger is to feed your obvious marketing strategy, so I write to you instead to put focus where you should have – on the brave and strong survivors and on the thousands of people, their friends, families, volunteers, first responders, doctors, nurses, and donors who have come to their side. Along those we lost, those who survived, and those helped carry them forward, there are artists and musicians and dancers and writers. They have dreams and plans. They struggle and strive. The survivors of, of the Boston attacks deserve Rolling Stone cover stories, though I no longer feel that the Rolling Stone deserves them. Sincerely, Thomas Menino. Bam! That right there, um, Thomas, uh, Mayor Menino, he's gotten a lot of flack throughout the years. KJ uh, Rondo. He, he can't say our athletes' names correctly. But you know what? At the time. He's yeah. got a lot of heart, that guy. He's got a lot of heart. That right there explains exactly what I was just trying to explain myself. Um to glorify, like what is it, whether the Rolling Stone magazine thinks that they were glorifying him or not, it's not the case. The fact of the matter is, is you have his face plastered on a cover of a very well um, selling magazine, and that right, that in itself is glorifying him, whether you meant to do it or not. I, I have, I have a guy who, a, a state officer, a state trooper who was a first responder when he was in the boat. Yep. Uh, he, he said, with re- regards to the Rolling Stone cover. As a professional law enforcement officer for 25 years, I believe that the image that was portrayed by Rolling Stone magazine was an insult to any person who has ever worn a uniform of any color or any police organization or military branch and the family members who have ever lost a loved one serving in the line of duty. Absolutely. The truth is that glamorizing the face of terror is not just an insult to the family members of family members of those killed in the line of duty. It also could be an incentive to those who may be unstable to to do something, you know, to get their face on Rolling Stone magazine. And right. he's got a perfectly good point. Absolutely he does. Absolutely. But, you know, and uh I mean know, we I, I I mean this this is the whole reason why we do this segment is to basically point out the fact of this. I mean, granted maybe we're we're glorifying it ourselves and you know it's kind of like old news maybe we should stop talking about it but you know what no because the fact that this happened in our city jeff bauman's his face should be on the cover you know right well listen they should i mean if they really wanted to make an impact they should have gathered every single one of the victims up and taken a huge group photo and you know, stated something underneath him like, "This will not defeat us." Or, Instead, you know, he looks like Bob Dylan on the Rolling Stone, on the cover of Rolling Stone. It's ridiculous. It's, yeah, put put that idiot's name next to Bob Dylan, a great American musician. But I no, mean, I'm I'm just saying that he. No, I'm not. I, I, I'm not saying. It's just like the cover. Just it looks like him. Like it, it like it looks like a Bob Dylan esque photo on Rolling Stone. It looks like this guy is a musician, celebrity. You know, someone who people yes. look at. As a, as you know, some it, it's it's uh, it's ridiculous, and and you know, the Rolling Stone editors have been trying to you know they they they, they keep trying really, to look, yeah they keep trying to smooth it over and they try to explain to us why they're doing it, but in fact the fact of the matter is they just need to they need to man up, admit that they were wrong, and change it. That's it. It's as simple as that. They just need to change it. If they change it, then I'm sure people will be like, good for you. 
you changed it, you admitted that you're wrong. Like, I don't understand why people can't man up these days and just admit when they're wrong. Instead of sticking, you know, if you stick to your guns, that's one thing, but not on a subject like this, So you know? So in their statement, they claim that, though the Rolling Stones claim that the cover story we are publishing this week falls within the traditions of journalism and Rolling Stones' longstanding commitment to serious and thoughtful coverage of the most important political and cultural. I thought you were a music. I thought that Rolling Stone You're, was a, a music magazine. Am, am I wrong? If uh, for, if anybody gets a chance and they and they're looking at the Rolling Stone stuff, um, there's a man by the name magazine. of David David Drayen. Um, I cannot read what he wrote on the air. Um, he's from a band called Disturbed. Uh, if you get a chance, find it on Facebook, read it. Very powerful message. Um, and he deserve he deserves that that state his status deserves to be read because it's very it's very to the point. Um, and you're talking about a guy that makes millions of dollars from making music, and not once has he ever graced the cover of Rolling Stone. So if you get a chance, read that. Um, and you'll understand what I'm saying. So I think that Rolling Stone asshat of the week, but Mayor Menino definitely boss of the week. Oh, um, without May, question. Mayor Menino, he stepped up at the right time, um, and good for him. He just, you know, I, I, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know what what kind of award we could give him. Maybe we could give him a, I don't know. I say uh, boss of the week. We have a boss of the week and an asshat of the week. All right, boss of the week then. Okay, well, he, is, he is our boss. He's he's the boss, man. And the, you know, I all, for all the flack he gets, you know, this is you know one of the this is one of the best things he could have done. We'll give him the uh, Golden Boss Award. How's that? Golden Boss. Golden right. Boss. But yeah, man, I, I don't know. So yeah, Rolling Stone, change your tune. You suck. Um, all right, about three and a half minutes left to go. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna start saying our goodbyes. Um, with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in to another amazing episode of Sports Blogger Radio. Um, I call it amazing because I feel that it was. Whether you don't or not, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. You got. <laughs> um, sorry for our, our terrible non, you know, structured. Today. Well, I mean, if we think about it, there's nothing going on this week. It's an it's an off week. This it is has like been all star all star week for MLB and. Uh, and we, hey, you know what? We actually got to Red Sox talk. We talked about Red Sox. We talked about the SBs, which are also meaningless, but like whatever. Yeah. So, you know, thank you so much for tuning in. We're gonna have another ass out of the week next week, I'm sure. Uh, you probably won't want to miss that. You know, tune in to, uh, you know, Fan Junkies Radio Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, at 12 p.m. Uh, and you know, every Thursday, eight o'clock. Tune in right here. I want to give a I want to give a quick shout out. Um, Absolutely, my man. I'm going to give a quick shout out to uh, an organization I started working for. It's called Golf Fights Cancer. Yes. Um, they're they, you know since their ten this is our tenth year that we've been around uh, this year, and since then we've raised almost three million dollars. Um, we're a nonprofit organization. You know we raise funds for cancer related organizations and families. Uh, I don't know about people listening, but I've had someone very close to me pass away from cancer at a very young age, and uh, I, I inspired I, to take this job. I as well am dealing, currently dealing with a very uh, close loved one that is fighting cancer constantly. Peter, I love you, buddy. Stay strong. So, you know, if you get the chance, you know, um, go to Golf Fights Cancer on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Check us out. I, I man the Facebook uh, page right now. We're having a little giveaway. If you uh, can help us name our, our, our mascot, we're going to give away some free stuff. Uh, definitely check that out. Um, go over to... Uh, you know, golf fights cancer, and um, yeah, you know, it's it's been amazing. You know, it's only been my first, you know, couple of days at work, but I'm already loving every second of it. I'm attached to it. It's a great cause. I recommend you guys go check it out. Absolutely, I fully agree. Um, not to not to uh, change the subject from that, but uh, don't uh, just to kind of quickly throw it out there. Uh, we got some cool changes coming up. I'm not going to give any details, but oh yeah, there's exciting stuff that's going to be happening. Got it. Some some exciting stuff that's going to be happening. Uh, so stay tuned guys I hope you will follow us along the journey um, but other than that uh, find us on Facebook at Sports Blogger also find us on Twitter at Sports Blogger uh, click that follow button click that like button and uh, thanks guys appreciate it tune in next week
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.